You want your five-star matches? <laughs> you want your 30-minute classics? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Big meaty man slapping me. <laughs> What's up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Randall Beatley. This is Slapping Meat Live here on the Junkyard Media Group YouTube page. I don't go live often, so this is one of those things that are, uh, you know, it's going to be a work in progress. I don't necessarily like going live, um, but I am going to do it here for this uh, episode of the Slap and Meat Wrestling Podcast. And as the title states, we are going to review Night of Champions. Um, you know, it's been about an hour or so since the the show ended. And it's given us some time to, you know, think about it and, and to, to look at it and, and, and how we want to, to see this um, pan out as people tune into the live. And, and I'll be honest, one of the reasons I don't like going live is I don't have a lot of viewers. And so at this point, like a, the fun part of like a live stream is, is, is the, the live talk with the fans. And so if we get people in here who want to, you know, discuss things, I will definitely do that. Um, and, uh, but until then, we'll just go ahead and give our thoughts and, and, and treat this like it's a normal podcast. And, and we're just doing this live on, on the Junkyard Media Group page, um, and uh, we'll see where this goes. Um, the audio for this will be posted as soon as we're done here. I'll get it downloaded from uh, the place that I use, the host play that I use to go live. We'll download it to the computer. We'll put it up on the internet. For the audio listeners, um, excuse me, um, as soon as it's done. Um, and, and you can find the audio of the slap and meat wrestling podcast, all the other episodes. We, I think this would technically be episode 76. You can see the rest of the episodes, um, wherever, you know, podcasts are at in Spotify, Apple music, Amazon, Google. Uh, those are the, the main ones that I, that I try to promote because those are the bigger platforms. Um, before we, you know, continue to continue on here, um, y'all can follow me on uh, uh, TikTok and and Twitter here at We Too Deep Four One Three. Again, that's you know up there, you know, right here at We Too Deep Four One Three. That is my Twitter and my TikTok name, um, and uh, you can go follow me there. You can join in the conversation. Um, you know. On those accounts, I will just go ahead and say I don't just talk about wrestling. I talk about other things, politics, religion, all that other stuff. So it's not just going to be 
wrestling, but I definitely do talk about wrestling there, and I, I would enjoy the conversation. I love, you know, talking and discussing and, and, and all of that. But enough of the, the housekeeping. Let's let's dive in on, on a Night of Champions. Um, so if you listen to my Wednesday episode, and I, I gave my expectations, and I say I always come into these shows with like a D-plus attitude. If you're worse than a D-plus, I'm not. you're not worth watching. If my expectations are like this thing's going to flop, I'm not watching, right? Uh, I don't care who the promotion is, right? And so I come in with like a D-plus. That way, when I get like a C-plus, I'm happy. And and and, and th- this show sort of gives that, that type of feel. Now, I don't think it's a C-plus. I think it's more like B-minus. C plus. It's not bad. It was a it was a decent show, but there were points of the show that I expected to be a little bit better than what we got, and so we'll dive in now. I need to preface this when I give my reactions. The people who listen to my normal reactions understand this. I don't. Uh, I don't um, go like match i'll go match by match but i'm not going to go like move by move and um i'm not going to go like move by move and like dissect the match i'm not going to be a Meltzer or an alvarez or any of those guys um i will however we'll go match by match i'll talk about you know what i thought of the match i'll i'll talk you know uh what 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 I what I thought of the match. What I uh, where I feel the story's going forward, and where I think it maybe failed or, or succeeded. Um, so let's dive in. Let's dive in here. Sorry, I was sharing it to to, to my Discord group, letting them know I was live. By the way, speaking of Discord, if you want to join the conversation, go to the Casual Community YouTube page, like, share, subscribe there. In his videos, um, he uh, in his videos he has a link to our the the Casual Community Discord, where we have a whole bunch of fun and discuss a whole bunch of things. And wrestling is one of those things, um, and. Uh, have a pretty good time there. So um, definitely go there and and and, uh, and 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 join the conversation. Let's dive in now. I've uh, I made you wait long enough. So we start the show with what they're calling the first of three main events, right? They, they, they booked the show as a triple main event show. Now, before we talk about the show itself, We have to talk about the idea that words mean things. Um, We have to talk about the idea that when you say something is a main event, that means that you are the main part of the show. You can't have three main events. They did this with, with Puerto Rico and with Backlash as well where they book it as a double main event. You can't do that. Main event means main event. It's the the very last match of the night. So having 
three matches booked as triple main event makes no sense anywhere. It makes literal no sense. And it's almost as if there's this like idea that they can get away with with certain certain things like this, right? But the bigger thing that I'm complaining about is I could have seen like, hey, we're going to do a triple main event in the last three matches that they're booking as the triple main event, which was Seth and AJ, Brock and Cody, Roman Solo versus KO and Sammy, right? They're booking this as triple main event. Okay, so those are going to be the last three matches on the card. Instead, you start the show with Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. That is being booked as part of the triple main event with a a match to crown a new champion. And this new champion is supposed to be like this big event. This should have been the main event. Right? If you want this thing to be like better than Roman Reigns, Right, or, or, or comparable to what Roman Reigns has done. You book this as the main event and you make it mean something. But instead, you start the show with it. And it and it comes down to this. There's this idea in the IWC, in, in, the, in the pro wrestling world, there's this idea that the place you want to be on the card if you don't end the show is starting the show because you get to set the bar for how the show goes. Everyone has to follow you, and if you put on a banger of a match to start the show, then everyone has to follow up and do that. And it's such an indie idea. It's such an independent wrestling idea because the idea is that you're supposed to like challenge the rest of the roster to do better than you. And it's just not necessary here, right? This this match just had like indie, you know, feel, indie show feel through the entire match. You know, with the pacing, the you know, they were doing spots that weren't necessary, that were that were more dangerous than needed to be. And just the match itself, I'll just be completely honest. You know, this was one of the the, the parts of the show where I was like. This has to be a banger of a match. And the entire presentation of this trophy has been this is the working man's the working man's championship, right? And then they start the show with it, which is the place where the, the working like the IC title or the US title typically opens shows. Right? Your your mid card typically opens the show. It's the match that's going to be the 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 energy setter, right? And I'm not saying that these two don't deserve the spot. I'm just saying the match itself for the title that they're fighting for and what they're trying to get along, the presentation of the title is the reason I'm not a big fan of the title. I'm starting to come around on the design of it. The idea is a good idea. I understand, you know, we definitely need a main championship on or all. But the problem is if you book this as if it's just a if you book it as if it's just a a third mid-card title, which is essentially what they're doing, you're not going to go anywhere with
That was weird. Don't know what happened there. But anyway, so we know that Seth Rollins won. And like I said, the match wasn't bad. It's 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 just wasn't you know, I have this list that I keep on my phone. Every premiere live event, or you know, really every show, if there's a match that I believe is a potential candidate for match of the year, I put it on this list. And this match, I was like, this is the only candidate on the show that could get here. And it, it to me, it, it didn't reach the mark that I wanted it to reach, right? So a lot of people are going to be like, oh, this was a banger. You know, let's grade this like an A plus, you know, four or five stars. I'm not, I'm not sold on the match. I'm just, I'm just not. This is, this is really just, it feels mid-card to me. It doesn't feel world championship caliber to me. It just, it just fell flat in those areas. Um, and so, like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say it was the worst match ever, but it's definitely not a candidate for match of the year. And I feel like they felt they they've set the the title already, like they they set it back already, right? You, Seth Rollins is going to have a good reign with it, absolutely. But there's there's no reason for me to care about it. There, there's literally no reason for me to care about this. Excuse me, because it's literally a a third mid card title. It's it's another working man's title. So you get, you know, your IC champion. On on Raw with Gunther, who who's the, like the working man's champion, who right, and then you have Seth Rollins, who's supposed to be like the working man's world champion, right? And so there, I don't want. First off, I don't want to see this thing defended every week. I don't even want to see it twice a week. I don't want to see it defended that much on Raw. I just don't think it should be. That's what the the mid card title is for. Um, I don't know. I, I just feel like this. The, I feel like the match really just fell flat. It wasn't necessarily the worst thing ever. I just felt that there was a lot more that we could have seen out of out of this. And to be honest, the lack of story. Behind it, like like I would be completely honest, AJ Styles taking part of this match makes no sense to me. The story you could have told if Edge won the SmackDown part of the tournament, and it was Seth Rollins versus Edge. The story you could have told, and you could you didn't you would have you know easily got this across, is that. Edge wins. He gets his shot. He's fighting to reclaim the title he never lost, that he had to give up the World Heavyweight Championship due to injury causing him to retire, and now that he's back, right? And you could have sold this very well. Instead, you get two weeks of Seth Rollins, who missed out on Raw, and they did a two-part series of basically him talking about, you know, him focusing on Roman Reigns, right? And then you, you you don't really have much build to the match other than it's for the World Heavyweight Championship. 
So I just, I feel like the whole presentation, the build up to it, it just, it didn't meet the expectations that I have for, for you to come out and promote this new title as if it's supposed to mean something, right? So we'll move forward. Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus is the next match. Um, I'll be honest. I don't remember part of most of this match. I, and so I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's the worst thing ever. But I'll say this. This feud secretly has become one of my favorites. Trish is really good on the mic. Becky, Becky's good on the mic if she could just learn how to control her breathing. Um, but I feel like this was this has been a very good promo battle to set up why this match is important. The match was decent. Um, but but the 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 ending of the match is, is what everyone's going to talk about, and that's how you should end something like this. Is Zoe Stark coming out and attacking Becky Lynch, helping Trish Stratus to pick up the win? What a way to to first off continue the story because you know this isn't over, and we're we're going to get another match probably at SummerSlam. Um, and what I well I think we get two more matches out of this feud. I think we get Trish and Becky one more time. That match, I believe, takes place at Money in the Bank. I then think the bigger picture of of the feud and how it sort of ends is you get Trish and Zoe Stark versus Lita and Becky Lynch. And I think that's the match we get at SummerSlam. Um, but this benefits Zoe Stark because now she's in a program that's going to be on TV, that's going to be, you know, a week-to-week thing, and it's going get, to get a lot of time, and it's going to introduce her to the crowd. And, and heel Zoe Stark is the best Zoe Stark, and she's fantastic, and I'm excited. She's probably been the best utilized of the NXT call-ups at the draft. Now, I know that Indy Hartwell has been hurt, so she can't really do much. But I really like what they're doing with Zoe Stark here. Um, so, you know, there's not much to say. I'm, I'm, I'm excited with what we're going to get with um, the, with, with Zoe Stark. Excuse me. Um, the next match we get is Mustafa Ali versus Gunther. Um, this match actually beat my expectations. It did, it, it did a lot better than I had assumed it was going to do. Um, and so th- there's a plus there. Um, I will tell you this. The, 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 the video package promo that they put right before this match started of, of Ali... Um, getting to go to, to Mecca and all of that, that really, I believe, helped Ali's case in getting over as his baby face. Um, because I went into this match hoping Gunther beat the shit out of him. And then they showed that, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I feel for the guy now. Like, like he's he's th- this could be the moment, right? This could be... The moment where Mustafa Ali makes his his mark on WWE, and like I think the dude is great. I just I I don't think that he he is marketable, and so I don't think they're going to put the belt on him 
um, at all. I think he's going to be another Dolph Ziggler. Um, and I really hope he doesn't leave. But at the same time, I would understand why he would leave WWE, right? But the match itself was great, man. Uh, I, like I said, it's not like A+. Plus, um, but there, there were parts of this match that w- were just great, right? And and the story that was told was was great. And this just this match was booked and produced very well to to get Ali over as this babyface and and as this guy who's just trying to win and still keep Gunther over as this this big heel. I will say this. Gunther, my dude, you got to learn. You got to get a new pin. Because I'm telling you, if you pin me like like how you pinned Ali, <laughs> I'm beating your ass backstage. I'm sorry. I just... I, I, I wish there was more to say, though, about this match, though. Because it's... It's... While it was good, part of me wishes Ali actually would have won. I think... You know, Gunther has built himself up as a legitimate threat. And I, I and I think he's holding the IC title. I don't want to say hostage because it would make me sort of hypocritical to say, oh, he's held it for 300 days while I'm sitting here praising Roman. But I praising Roman for a thousand days. But I also think it's different. The the mid-card title is supposed to me, supposed to be that title where you have like a two two-month reign. We see if you're good on with the strap, if, if fans care about you. And if they don't, after two months, we remove you from, from having the belt. And if they like you, we also remove you from having the belt. But we push you into the world title picture. I feel that, like there's a natural progression on the roster. Where like if you're IC champion, you know, a year later, you still shouldn't be IC champion. You should be in the world championship picture. Um. And, and, and Gunther's there. He doesn't need this title anymore. And, and I think the legacy of the title is back. It, it means a lot now. And giving Ali this moment would have been an okay situation for him to win this championship, even as a transitionary champion, to want to get Gunther moved up in a, in a situation where he can go against someone like Rollins for the world title. But also to just pass on this belt to someone else who's going to put on banger after banger. Cause imagine Ali wins this match. Now he can defend against the mid card and you can build the mid card and, and, and build us some legitimate c- contenders for the title through these open challenges week after week. Like that title was supposed to be defended for. Um, and so I really kind of came out of this match a little disappointed that Ali didn't win. Because I think it's time for Gunther to move to the main picture and rather not be IC champion. Um, so we'll move on some more. Bianca Belair versus Asuka. I got some feelings on this one. And I'm not even like the biggest Bianca Belair stan. I'm not. Um, I I think she's a decent champion. I think this run has been decent. I also think it's been poorly booked. And so that's, you know, I, I've always said booking is 90% of the business. Um, and so if you're if you're poorly booked, you're not going to 
um, get over the way that you're supposed to as if you were properly booked. Um, with that being said, though, I, I just, if you've watched the show, you understand that Asuka wins. I don't understand the reason for the title change at this point. I just don't. Um, I, I don't understand why Oscar won. First off, Oscar's not marketable to the main audience of WWE, which is the American audience. She's not marketable. This, this to me just feels like a decision of Triple H booking his favorites to win matches and to become champion, right? Since he's taken over, Seth Rollins is now champion. Kevin Owens is tag champion. Oscar's champion. Right, and so you 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 see this trend, right? Rhea's champion. You see this trend where Triple H's guys and girls that are like sort of like his regime, they're getting the pushes. And I'm not necessarily a big fan of that idea. If all we're going going to see in the Triple H era is him push a bunch of his people that he had when he controlled NXT to be champions. I'm not interested in that. I'm going to be completely honest because there's a lot of people on the roster. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of an LA Knight who, who deserves to be pushed over some of these guys that he might be pushing. I'm thinking of other girls on the roster who I feel would have been a better choice at women's champion. I'm thinking of a Raquel Gonzalez. I'm thinking of Shotzi. I'm thinking of someone like Nikki Cross, who if you build her properly, you can you can get her over and she could be a legitimate champion. Um I just I just feel that Triple H is booking towards his group of people and, and the people who watched 2015, 2016, 2018, you know, that that black and gold era of NXT. And I feel, I don't think that that has long-term success written over it. I just don't. Um, so at the end of the day, I don't understand the title change here. I just don't. Because you were building towards a match that I was super excited for. If Bianca wins here, you know... She, she can defend that money in the bank, and I'd be fine with it. But she she could have taken money in the bank off in July. I don't know if we're going to get a June show. I, I I think we will. I'm assuming we will. It'll probably be like in two weeks, though, because money in the bank's in literally July 1st. And so I don't think they promoted another show tonight, but they were promoting money in the bank. So I do think that's the next premiere live event is, you know, 30 – four days away. Um, and so in 34 days now at money in the bank, I don't, it's beyond, first off is Oscar going to, to defend. She probably will have a rematch against Bianca. If, if my, if my guessing is correct, but what I was hoping for was you, you have Bianca take money in the bank off. She's still champion. She retains, right? She takes money in the bank off. That's July's pay-per-view. You then go into SummerSlam, which is in late August, I believe. So you get about a, you get about a month and a half to build SummerSlam. 
and you build Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair title unification in which Rhea Ripley then defeats Bianca. Because this has been the match that they've been teasing since Bianca's won the title. And I just, I don't, I don't get the move to Asuka. I don't think she's marketable. And therefore, I don't think it, it's necessary to put the title on her. And, and fans are going to hate me for that. And, 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 and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with being hated for that take. I don't think she's marketable to an American audience. She can't sell her matches. And, and, and 90, you know, I say 90% of the business is booking. Of the remaining 10%, right? Of the remaining 10%, 90, 90% of the remaining 10% is promo. Your in-ring work does not matter if you can't get people to watch the show. And so Asuka's great in the ring. But she can't get an audience to watch her. She she's not she's not good at that area. And I, I just I, I at the end I I think this run's going to flop. And while fans may be happy now, I just I don't know long term if this is going to be a good idea to put the put the belt on Oscar. I'm not sold on Oscar. I, I I'm not a big fan of her. And and so I just I don't. I don't see, you know, what the benefit is of putting the title on her um, in in this way, especially since, like, since she's debuted her old Japan gimmick at, at Royal Rumble, you know, it's been five months now, and, and this is the first time we really saw her look strong in this new gimmick. And so I, I don't see how I, – I don't see how, first off, if you're going to give her the championship push – why don't you give it to her at WrestleMania? Why wait another two months and then give her the belt when she doesn't do anything to to lead up to backlash? And so the, the, the timing doesn't make sense. The story doesn't make sense. And I'm just not sold on Asuka. Like, it, 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 it's not over with me. You know, I'm not sold on, on this whole thing. I'm just not. I'm sorry. We then move over to the next, the other women's title match, Rhea versus Natalia, which was so short that I, it's, it was literally my piss break match. So they did the introductions and the, and the entrances. I go to get up. I go to go use the bathroom. I come back from using the bathroom. I was literally gone like two minutes and the match is over. It was literally my, my piss break match. Um, I don't think you can grade this match because of how literal or how little th we, we got here. This was a squash match. These things are beneficial if on pay-per-views or on premier live events, if they are used correctly. And I don't, I just don't get the, the understanding of, of why you have this match and you don't have it go at least five minutes. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Right. And, and for me, I, I don't, I, I don't understand the point of having this match on the card. It was the last match booked on the card. You didn't have to put it here. No, the whole story behind it didn't make sense. It didn't need to be here. And I felt like if you took this out, 
first off, you don't save enough time anyway, but you could have given something else this time. You know, you could have made Bianca's match go a little bit longer or or, or something happened to where, where, where this didn't need to happen. We then move to Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes. And this was exactly what you would assume it would be. It would be a heavy offensive by Brock Lesnar, damaging the hurt arm of Cody Rhodes. They tell you on his way to the ring, he has a titanium brace on. And if you're smart, you'll pick up on clues like this. Okay, so then you understand, okay, he has a titanium cast on. He's using the cast and it's made of titanium and they're going to oversell the use of a titanium cast. Here's the problem. And someone in the Discord brought this up. A steel chair is a disqualification, but a titanium cast is okay to beat someone with, right? And so that ends up happening. Cody then gets put in the Kimura. He almost passes out. And um, um, he, he, he regains, like, you know, they go to do the little one, two, three hand thing and he they get to the top and it doesn't even hit a one. And uh Yeah, I just this match was a little bit um I don't know. I don't know how to describe the match. I'm sitting here trying to gather my thoughts on it. I thought it was decent. The ending was kind of. I'm just. I'm going to say the word, and I'm probably going to take heat for it. the ending was was gay. The ending was a little bit gay, um, and uh, yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of this. I'm not a big fan of how the ending happened. The match wasn't bad. Um, Brock Lesnar did win, which we I think a lot of people saw happening. It, we'll, we'll get the final match at SummerSlam. Um, I think Brock may play a part in, in hurting Cody, have Cody lose money in the bank. That's what I think happens next month. Cody's going to be on top of the ladder, and Brock's going to come out and, and, and stop him. We have to talk about this Cody Rhodes situation, though, because it's part of the bloodline that we're about to talk, talk about. We're going to spend some time here on this, and then we'll – We'll move to the bloodline because that's the only other match left. The first thing I got to talk about is um, tell me if I'm wrong. I could, I could misunderstand how the body works, but if Cody had a broken arm, how does a Kimura lock hurt him? Because my understanding is, is if you break your bone, and it's fully broken, right? The nerve endings that feel pain can't connect to each other. And so at some point you lose feeling in that bone to where you don't feel it. Please tell me if I'm wrong, but that's my understanding of how this works. So at some point, Cody would not have felt the pain of the, that's like, I've heard it's better to break a bone than like, like a, a high ankle sprain hurts, but a broken ankle it hurts when the break happens, but eventually you lose feeling in the where the break happens. And so tell me if I'm wrong, but the idea that they were going with is he passes out from pain. But if the arm's broken, at this point you would think the nerves, the nerve endings would be dead. 
again, I, I'm not a doctor, so so I, I'm not certain on that. But but that's my understanding of how broken bones are. Like if you break your arm, where the break happens, you you literally can't get a connection between the nerve endings. And so you lose feeling in that part of the body until until the nerve endings come back. At least that's my understanding of, of the situation. I could be wrong. But I, I also, the second thing is, 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 is a Kimura lock. I, I know it hurts, right? And I know they're trying to sell the broken bone and the broken arm. But is it going is, is the pain that much that it's going to cost you to, to pass out? I, I don't know. I, I just I just don't I don't have an answer for that. Um, but what I really want to talk about is these guys on Twitter who have this obsession with the Cody Rhodes story sucks, he should be champion. Everything going on in WWE would be so much better if Cody Rhodes was champion. Now, a lot of these people, I, I've come to the conclusion, and I, I could be wrong with, with certain people, but I've come to the conclusion that a lot of the people saying this are AEW people who want to see AEW win, and that's fine. Watch what you want to watch. Enjoy what you want to enjoy. But they want Cody as champion solely because he's an AEW guy. And that's the only reason they cheer for him. And so they they, they bitch on this story. They, they, they shit on the story of, of what's going on. He should be champion. No, he shouldn't. Because what's, what, what's the story of him going into WrestleMania this year and beating Roman Reigns? He goes out. He tears his pack. He does rehab. He comes back. He wins Royal Rumble. He gets his match at Mania because he wins Rumble. There's no story there. Instead, what they're doing is they're taking the already, um, you know, the already established story of the bloodline. They're playing with that, right? And we'll talk about the progression in the story here. But with Cody, he loses. He goes to ask for a rematch. He gets met by Brock Lesnar, who he thought was a friend. It turns out he's an obstacle, and now he has this obstacle in the way that he has to overcome. In the in the event of him trying to overcome this obstacle, he gets hurt again by this said obstacle. So now there's another obstacle he has to overcome. They're giving you the, the, this is the simplest understanding of what a, a, the sympathy card is. They are trying to get the fans to build sympathy for Cody Rhodes so that you feel good for him, so that he gets the big-ass pop when he does win the title. They're building him the way he needs to be built. They're giving you a reason for you for the fan to cheer for him. But the problem is, is, is these fans who feel like Cody should be champion are, are never going to enjoy the story because they feel like WWE flopped at WrestleMania and therefore the rest of the story is a flop. They're not willing to say WWE is doing something smart here and they're building Cody Rhodes up in, in this in this method to, to build sympathy. And, and, and quite honestly, it irritates me because they sit here and they're like, Roman should have lost the title at Mania. And then what? What happens with, with Roman Reigns? He disappears, right? We 
we are getting great content in the bloodline story right now. I don't like I don't think they fully understand that when Roman Reigns loses, the bloodline story is over. And what the, the story they're telling us with the bloodline right now is Roman, you know, if you if you follow the story back to where it started, Roman comes back. He Beats the living hell out of Jay. He beats him into submission, right? Jay comes back from his injury, and he joins the bloodline. He sort of gets persuaded into, you know, acknowledging Roman Reigns, right? Um, and, And then Roman goes, he wins the title, and he has his family there to help protect the title. And so losing the championship would ruin any reason for the bloodline story. Because what's going on right now is he 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 trusts, you know, of course they added solo, and then Sami Zayn gets introduced, and he he plays them on, he turns on the bloodline, and now Roman Reigns starting to get paranoid. If Sammy can betray me, can the rest of them betray me? And one by one, we're starting to see, starting with this show tonight, we'll talk about it here in a minute, we're starting to see the bloodline start to shift against Roman Reigns. As he becomes more tyrannical, the people he's over, his family, start to say, well, you're being a little bit tyrannical, we're going to fight back against it. So let's talk about the match tonight. There was no one on the face of this earth that thought that Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa were actually going to win this match. The booking was correct. And the story, perfection. I don't want to say perfection. But the bloodline story, this is why it's my favorite story in WWE history. And that's a a hot take to some. But this is my favorite storyline of all of WWE history. Because just when you think that the story can't change anymore, or you you feel that it's going in a certain direction, or that it's getting ready to finish, bam, something new happens, and they turn you to a whole new angle of the story that you had never even thought of. Because for the last, you know, since WrestleMania, my entire idea was it's going to be Solo or Jay that turns first on Roman Reigns. Well, we don't get that. We get the guy you least expect. Jimmy Uso's the dude that turns on Roman. The dude you least expect. Right? Jimmy has a case. Roman's been treating him like garbage. Right? Solo has a case. Solo could could pop off and say, look, I'm tired of being the fucking bodyguard. And and, and say, you go get your own bodyguard. I'm, I'm done with this. Right? But Jimmy's been the sort of quiet one in the bloodline who sort of just sat there and walked along. And to and today, tonight at Night of Champions, baby, he said no more. He goes back to 2020 Jimmy Uso where he says, I'm no one's bitch. And it, when you think it's going to go one direction, you get a completely different direction. The story has so many different twists and turns in it over the last 1,200 days. It's insane. It's it's 
It's crazy how 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 deep this story is, but it's not complex. It's very simple. This is this is your basic, you know, mafia or mob type story. Right? The leader of the family, he 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 gets them to basically he basically beats the family to submission, forces loyalty. Someone stops being loyal, so now he's paranoid that everyone else is going to stop being loyal. They have because he's paranoid, he becomes tyrannical, which causes them to turn on him. That's the story, and that's a much better story than what these people like Ryan Satin or 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 um, Sean Ross Sapp, who tweeted today, the story would be so much better if Cody won at WrestleMania. How? Explain to me how. Roman, because Roman Reigns unraveling doesn't make sense if he doesn't have something to unravel about. Him being paranoid, the story they're telling, and the way I see this happening is we're probably going to get Roman versus Jay at some point. I'm assuming at some point in the build up to that, uh, excuse me, Roman versus Jimmy at some point, and then Roman uh, Jay's going to turn and, and defend his brother. I think at some point we're going to get a tag team match between. Roman Solo and and the Usos. And I think that's when Solo is going to turn on Roman. Roman will then have no defense. And so this will make sense as to why he runs away. Roman runs away. We don't see him till say, WrestleMania next year. So say at SummerSlam, we get Jimmy and Jay versus Solo and Roman. Solo turns on Roman Reigns. Right, say we get that, and then Roman runs away after SummerSlam. He disappears. We don't see him again till Royal Rumble or Survivor Series, one of the, those pay per views, right? And he runs away because he's afraid of of defending because he doesn't have help anymore. When he returns, Solo Sokoa wins WrestleMania next year. Excuse me, not WrestleMania, Royal Rumble. Yeah, Solo wins Royal Rumble next year. Roman comes back to face Solo. And he's literally Solo. And Solo Sokoa wins at WrestleMania next year. This would be the biggest and better ending to the bloodline because the bloodline is literally over Roman loses the title. He can walk away and do whatever he wants to do with his family. You can still keep the bloodline as a faction with essentially Solo Sokoa and the two Usos as a faction. And then you can sort of go from there. And you have a new tribal chief in Solo Sokoa. And I think that, that that benefits a lot more than having anyone else beat Roman Reigns. Right? So the, this match, I mean, it sort of just gave it everything away. But this match, the match itself, eh, decent. But you don't watch a Roman Reigns match. You don't watch a match with the bloodline involved in this storyline for the match, necessarily. 
because you knew this you knew this wasn't going to be one of those like match of the year candidates but this was every everybody wanted to know like what's the progression of the story here and we got a lot of it so we get towards the end of the match the usos come out and 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 help roman and solo at first and so now i'm sitting there like i'm fully invested at this point i'm sitting here watching and i'm fully invested Usos are here. What the hell's going to happen? And they're helping Roman and Solo. And so now I'm confused. Like, what the hell? How is this going to break down? So I'm I'm staring at the match. I'm literally, this is the most focused the entire card I've been. I'm stuck on, like, I literally cannot move my eyes away from the screen and I'm sitting here watching and they go inside and they're beating up Sammy super kick to Sammy. They're lining up for the the double super kick to Sammy and which he ducks and they double super kick solo Sokoa, which coincidentally is seen by Roman Reigns. And now Roman Reigns is furious, right? And Roman Reigns, I don't care what anybody has to say. Roman Reigns acting skills are a fucking one. So is Paul Heyman's. So is Jey Uso. Solo's getting better with his fa- with with his his facial uh, and and body language. And Jimmy is underrated, but like Jey Uso is fucking. He deserves a movie role after this. Paul Heyman deserves a movie role after this. Like this whole story can be turned into a movie, my dude. I don't understand how anyone could fucking hate this. I don't understand how you can hate this storyline. So, so, so you get you get a double super kick to Solo, right? Roman sees it. He goes in the ring, and he's he, he's sort of like, "What are you guys doing here?" He pushes Jay, right? So, so or excuse me, he I I keep wanting to say Jay because to me it would make more sense for Jay to be the one to turn, right? Excuse me, let's back it up. He pushes Jimmy. So Jay's trying to calm him down, saying, "We're here to help." And, he, and Roman's like, why are you touching me? Get out of my face. When Roman turns around, super kicked by Jimmy. And now Jay's just sitting there like, what the hell did you just do? And Jimmy's like, I'm doing what you should have done a long time ago. Another super kick to Roman. Then they leave. Match match basically ends. You get the finishing segment with there with with Sammy and Kevin winning. I don't know where the fuck this is going to go. I I don't. I've learned over the last a thousand days to stop guessing where this fucking story's going. I don't know what's going to happen next. I know where I want this to go, so that's what we're going to talk about. So, like I said, I do think we'll get potentially Jimmy versus Roman. At Money in the Bank, I doubt we see Roman Reigns fight, though, at Money in the Bank. I doubt it. Um, so I, I, I definitely think what we'll end up getting is a long build to SummerSlam. From, from starting from this Friday till SummerSlam, we'll get a long build where Jay turns on the bloodline as well. And we get Jimmy and Jay versus Solo and Roman. And then at SummerSlam, it's when Solo turns. That's where I think it's going to go. I probably am going to be wrong like I have been every other time I've tried to guess this. But I really have no idea 
where this story is going. And that's what I like about it, is you just really have no idea where it's going. Um, yeah, I mean, it, overall, this is, like I said, it's like a C-plus show, B-minus show. I'm just so enthralled with the with the bloodline. I'm so entertained by it. It's the only thing that gets my attention on most of these shows. I'm looking forward to Money in the Bank now. We got some uh, some story. The, the last thing I want to talk about is they did these like two second cameos at three different points in the show of L.A. Knight, of Karrion Cross, and of Omos. As if the, you have haven't been poorly booking these motherfuckers. Like, why are you trying to build them? Why have them there? Why show them? You couldn't put them in a match. You couldn't figure out a way to put these three superstars in a match. I just don't understand. Like, I would have rather seen Karrion Cross, LA Knight, and Omos fight with zero storyline. You could have even said, done like your first qualifying match for Money in the Bank between those three. Rather than Rhea Ripley versus Natalia, right? Take that match out and you put in like a, a five to 10 minute qualifying match for Money in the Bank between LA Knight, Karrion Cross, and, and Omos, and you have LA Knight win. More people would rather see that than what we got with Rhea versus um, Natalia. I just, I don't understand the reason why you, you, you would even have those three guys there if you're not going to use them in a match. They added no benefit to the show. I, I just don't understand what the reason of having them ringside was for. It made no sense to me. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to the build. We're going to get some qualifying matches for Money in the Bank starting Monday. Um, and then Monday, we're also going to crown new women's tag team champions. We know it's going to be Shannon and Ronda. If it's not, I'm going to be honestly surprised. And I don't know uh, what they're thinking. I mean, honestly, I don't know what they're thinking. If, if it's not Ronda or Shayna, like, 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 if it's not Ronda or Shayna, I will be honestly surprised and honestly confused because there's no reason why it shouldn't be Ronda and Shayna. Um, but other than that, thank you guys for listening to to my review of. Uh, Night of Champions. Let me know what you guys think. Again. You can find me on Twitter and on TikTok um, at We2Deep413. Again, that's We2Deep413. For the audio listeners, you can't see it on the screen right now. W-E-T-O-O-D-E-E-P-413. Thank you guys for watching. If you watched it live or watching it on YouTube, I'll probably do these like for every um uh like review show from now on just try to go live to get some conversation in it i might try to go live in some way shape or form during the show with the guys on discord if that's something we can do i don't know it's something we can figure out in the future um if you would like to join that because like i said it would only be on the discord guys um, I'm not going to, you know, send out a link to 18 million people to join me live or, or like to literally have conversation about the show. So if you want to do that casual community YouTube page, go follow 
Go support Notorious Nerdy D. He does great work. And join the Discord, and then you would get the link to join our conversation on on those shows if I do decide to do like a Zoom call during pay-per-views. Um, I These international ones, I probably won't do them for, though, because the time change is going to – like I wonder, is, is Money in the Bank – Money in the Bank is going to have to be another like 4 p.m. start time, isn't it? So I mean, I'm probably going to have to go ahead and take that day off <laughs> to watch it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But thank you guys for, for watching. And if you're listening on audio, thank you for listening. And I will see you on the next episode of the uh, Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Thanks again.